Sarah Morstad Sade made the decision to go undercover in an industrial bakery, she used the standards set by the Canadian Association of Journalists as a guide. She felt that she demonstrated a compelling public interest and that she couldn't tell the story any other way. Their U.S. counterpart, the Society of Professional Journalists, outlined something similar. Reporters should only use undercover methods when absolutely necessary to get information that's vital to the public. But even if a reporter follows those guidelines, where do they stand in the eyes of the law? Are they still vulnerable to civil suits and criminal charges? U.S. journalists and undercover investigators have been sued for fraud, trespass, breach of loyalty, and invasion of privacy. And there are laws on the books in states across the country restricting undercover filming and targeting tactics used to gain undercover employment, like using a false name or misrepresenting yourself to gain access to a facility. Some rules apply to specific places, like agricultural facilities, and others are more general. A few of those laws have been challenged as unconstitutional, and undercover journalists have successfully won lawsuits after demonstrating a compelling public interest. But that doesn't mean undercover reporters shouldn't tread carefully. All of those kinds of claims are the kind of thing that the Supreme Court really hasn't addressed in terms of uh, whether the First Amendment would protect a journalist or not. So we have to kind of assume at this point that the First Amendment would not protect you from a law of general applicability. That's Jane Kirtley, the head of the Silla Center for the Study of Media Ethics and Law at the University of Minnesota. In this special bonus episode, we'll talk about some of the legal implications of going undercover in the United States. I'm Erin McKinstry, and you're listening to the IRE Radio Podcast. comes to going undercover, if I'm a reporter, what are some of the things that I can get in trouble for that I could get sued for or prosecuted for for going undercover? There are lots of things. The most obvious one is if you are a journalist that works with electronic equipment, depending upon which state you are working in, you could be subject to prosecution or civil trespass if you use hidden microphones or hidden cameras or both. The law varies from state to state, but um, it is always something to take into consideration. That could lead to criminal liability, but it could also lead to a civil trespass lawsuit. If a journalist is going in with an attempt to get hired in a location that they're trying to investigate, then they need to tread very carefully. We've had several lawsuits in the United States. Probably the most memorable one is the Food Lion versus ABC case, where journalists went in undercover and applied for and were hired as deli clerks, which gave them the right as an employee to go behind the scenes in the grocery store. They used hidden cameras and microphones, and in the state that they chose to do the investigation, that was not illegal, so that wasn't the problem. But from the beginning of their application through the time that they were working in the Food Line store, 
they were subject to a number of legal claims that were brought against them. One began right at the beginning with their application. They made representations about their experience working as deli clerks or meat wrappers that were not accurate. And, of course, they also did not reveal that they were really working for ABC. So that became the basis of a fraud claim from Food Lion. They were also accused of trespass, and the basis for that was that they had gone into parts of the store that were not generally open to the public. Obviously, a journalist, just like anybody else, can go someplace that is open to the general public. But because they had special access based on their employee status, Food Lion contended that because they'd lied on their application and been hired under false pretenses, that any right they had to go into the non-public areas had been nullified. There's also the issue of invasion of privacy in general, and that is very fact-specific. But there was a case a number of years ago in California involving an ABC reporter who was hired to be a telepsychic, had access to the working area, which was not open to the general public, and recorded conversations with one specific telepsychic employee. Then that was broadcast by ABC, and he successfully sued her for invasion of privacy on the grounds that he had an expectation of privacy in the workplace. And even though his coworkers could hear him speaking to the reporter or anybody else who was back there, that that did not include an expectation that that would be broadcast to the world. So you need to kind of know what the situation is any place that you go at the outset. So if you were going undercover in a public place or a facility that receives public money, does that then change things? Well, if it's a public place... It's very, very fact-driven. What if you go to the lobby of a hospital or stand on the sidewalk in front of the hospital and record things and observe people coming and going? That's probably not going to give rise to potential invasion of privacy action. But what if you go past those public areas? What if you go down the hallways where the clinics are? What if you enter an examining room? Those kinds of situations would probably give rise to a potential lawsuit, and it wouldn't matter if it was publicly funded or if it was a private hospital. I think the analysis would be exactly the same. I know it's really tempting to think, well, if we're talking about public property, I should be able to go anywhere I want. But that's really not the way the law interprets the right of journalists, or anybody for that matter, to go someplace that is not open to the general public. There is public property that is not what we call public forum public property. Uh, An obvious example of that would be something like a prison that was operated by the government or a military base, something like that. That's public property, but it's not generally open to the public. And so if you were to go undercover, uh, for example, you know, getting yourself hired as a prison guard or something like that, that gave you access to the non-public areas, the likelihood would be that that would be something that could potentially give rise to liability. Has this changed a bit historically? I mean, I think often when we think of going undercover, we see it as something that has a legacy in journalism. You're absolutely right that there's a long and honorable tradition of undercover reporting, and it certainly still goes on. But I also think that there have been more instances where judges and juries have been receptive to the idea that 
um, the journalist has really gone someplace or has managed to get into a place where they really have no right to be. And, of course, it's not just journalists. There are now a variety of activist groups that try to do the same thing. And, you know, almost without exception, they'll say, oh, the First Amendment protects me. The problem is that the First Amendment, under rulings by the Supreme Court, says essentially that you don't get special privileges because you're a journalist. If you have the right to go there as a journalist, then probably anyone would have a right to go there. And I think uh, laws that apply to everybody as a rule, they're called laws of general applicability, will apply to the press unless you're able to convince a court that doing so is really going to impede your ability to do your journalistic work in a way that would compromise the public interest. That's a tough case to make. There have certainly been egregious examples where journalists have been successful in doing this, but again, there's been enough success on the part of litigants that I would not assume that it would be possible to do that in any particular case. People point to shows like 60 Minutes that have been doing undercover investigations forever, And I think if you look closely at their cases, they are often very, very careful. The simplest example would be if you want to use a hidden microphone and a hidden camera, then you need to pick a state where it's not illegal to do that. By doing so, you've eliminated one problem. But um, the notion that you were going in with good motives to uncover something terrible, it works for some aspects of the invasion of privacy torts, but not for others. In the case of publication of private facts, for example, a defense to that is that it's newsworthy which is another way of saying it's a matter of public interest and concern. And if you can convince a judge and a jury of that, you might prevail. But it's very, very case-specific, and oftentimes the way juries see these things and the way journalists see those, these things are, are just not the same. I don't mean to sound pessimistic about this, but I just want journalists to understand that the First Amendment does not give them special rights. And so it really comes down to, unless the law or the particular regulations have given them uh, a right that's greater than that of the general public, they should not assume that they have it. So I guess the answer to that is you need to figure out where you're going to go and whether there are either statutory restrictions or uh, grants of greater access or what the rules of that particular uh, facility might be. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been enlightening, for sure. Well, I I, I strive to be enlightening. I I hope I'm not being too discouraging. There are are certainly ways uh, to do undercover reporting, and, and a lot of important stories have been revealed that way. But it's really incumbent upon journalists to get some legal advice so that they know going in what the potential legal hazards might be. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of the IRE Radio Podcast. To learn more about what it's like to go undercover, check out this week's episode, A Workforce at Risk. You'll hear from Sara Morstahed Sadeh, a Toronto Star reporter who went undercover in an industrial bakery after a temporary worker was strangled to death by a piece of unguarded machinery. And if you want even more stories on undercover reporting, check out our older episode, Profiting from Prisoners. Shane Bauer told us all about his risky decision to go undercover as a prison guard on assignment for Mother Jones. You can find all of those episodes and more at ire.org slash podcast. And 
don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. The IRE Radio Podcast is recorded in the studios of KBIA. Sarah Hutchins is our editor. From Columbia, Missouri, I'm Erin McKinstry. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. You might want to do that over. Okay. Podcast. Podcast.